0: So, we're going to talk about grace in this message today, talking about what it is and what it's not, and what it does inside of us as believers. So, we're going to begin by reading Galatians chapter 3, 1 through 14, and kind of a lot of scripture here, but I think it'll make it really clear. Basically, we're talking about what grace is not, and how grace has nothing to do with our own works how it has nothing to do with our own effort, but has only to do with God's saving power. So here we go. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish having begun in the spirit? Are you now being made perfect by the flesh? These are obviously like rhetorical questions that are like uh, obvious, they have obvious answers to them. Here we go. Verse four, have you suffered so many things in vain? If indeed it was in vain. How sad would it be for us to go through a lot of things in life But to not be trusting in God's grace to save us and for that, all of our effort, all of our work, everything we did to be completely in vain. That's what he's saying is possible here if we're not receiving the grace of God in truth. This is very serious, (laughs) very serious. And it's everything. It's really huge. All right, verse five. Therefore, he who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Just as Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. Therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, "In you." all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. So the blessing comes to us who believe. The blessing of God is given to those who receive it by faith. Not a prosperity just in this life, but salvation itself. That is what Paul is talking about. Verse 10. For as many As are of the works of the law are under the curse for it is written cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them in James it says he who stumbles even at one point at the law is guilty of all verse 11 but that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident for the just shall live by faith. So he's quoting from the Old Testament that in the Old Testament it says that the just shall live by faith. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. So the law isn't of faith. Right? It says that we have to do them to live by them. So then verse 13, what do we do with this? How did Jesus fulfill this? Verse 13 and 14 gives us the answer. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. He took that curse that we had to receive. Because we didn't fulfill the law, we had to be cursed. He took that curse in our place, becoming a man, dying our death, that we had to die. Yes, our bodies will physically die because they are still under the curse. And yet our spirit will live forever and we shall be given a new body. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 14. Uh, I'm going to start over in verse 13, actually. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. "...that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith." So those who have the Spirit of God are children of God. It says that in, in Romans 8, that those who are led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. And the evidence of the Holy Spirit, Galatians 5 talks about as well, producing the fruit of God's Spirit in us, that's, that's the evidence of a real, of real believers. So here we're tackling the topic of grace not being of works because if we're trying to do it in our own strength, we're still under the law and everyone who stumbles at one point is guilty of the law and we're still under the curse. If we don't receive the grace of God through Jesus Christ, that is the only way. But now I want to get into Jude. Uh, I'm going to read all of Jude. Go kind of quick and summarize a little bit as i go but kind of briefly um this is something that's not talked about very often so i'm basically going to the opposite side of where people kind of miss it when it comes to the topic of grace a lot of people have a false understanding of grace in our country in the american kind of church culture that has been in the past not saying everyone does my goodness not at all um But there is a tendency for people to think that, well, because we're saved by grace, that that means we get to live however we want to, or that our actions don't matter, or that we are just free to just, yeah, live in sin and grace will abound more. Um, That is actually a total lie, and we're going to show that from Jude. There's a lot of places that talk like this. Uh, Galatians 5 is another one, Um, but here we go. Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called, sanctified by by God the Father, and preserved in Jesus Christ. Mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning the common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints." Here we go. Verse 4 is very key. For certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation. Ungodly men who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Here I'm going to give some commentary. So these people have come into the church. They are marked out for this condemnation, meaning... These men should be marked. We should be aware that they are condemned. It says in uh, Romans 8 that there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. These people are not in Jesus. They are not saved. They are teaching a false gospel. And it says that they are ungodly men who turn the grace of God into lewdness. Uh, this word, lunis, has a couple of different meanings, but primarily, and in most contexts, it would typically be um, used to describe sexual sins. Um, but they're turning, ultimately, they're turning God's grace into sin, a license to sin. I'm sure you've heard that phrase. Turned into a freedom to, yeah, we can sin. We can sin and grace abounds more. We can just sin and we're fine. That's, that's totally a lie. Totally. If you know the word, you know that that's a lie. This is not the only place it talks like this. Uh, maybe I'll do another teaching on this sometime. Um, and then it goes on and says, and they deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. They deny Jesus. How are they doing that? Are they saying? Are they coming into the church and saying Jesus isn't God? Maybe, but not necessarily. Are they saying that Jesus didn't exist? No, because they'd never be in the church. Are they coming into the church, you know, saying Jesus didn't die on the cross? I don't think so. Really what they're doing is they're turning God's grace into mercy that forgives so we can live however we want to. That's that's really clear. Um, yeah, uh, I'm going to just summarize some of this. Verse 5 and 6, 7, it talks about Sodom and Gomorrah being destroyed by fire. That these people, they choose to forget that God does that, that God judges sin. And it says that they're dreamers, they defile the flesh, they reject authority and speak evil of dignitaries. Um, yeah, it says, woe to them, verse 11, for they have gone in the way of Cain, they've run greedily in the error of Balaam for profit and perished in the rebellion of Korah. So this just continues to go on to describe them, what these kinds of teachers are like, these kind of people are like, and they're out there in the church today. Um, and it's important that we're aware of that and we're not following them because they will lead you to hell. They're that, this is, these are doctrines that will lead you to hell because um, they teach people to deny Jesus Christ and to turn his grace into lewdness and to not, not uh, receive the gospel It says, these are spots in your love feasts, while they feast with you without fear, serving only themselves. They are clouds without water carried about by the winds, late autumn trees without fruit, twice dead, pulled up by the roots. So one, they don't have good fruit. They're without fruit. They don't have the fruit of the Holy Spirit because they don't have the Holy Spirit. And also says that they serve among you without fear. They don't fear God. That's a character, characteristic of this kind of uh, person who's teaching and believing these doctrines. That they don't have a fear of God, and yeah, through their through what they believe, they actually they turn God's grace into a freedom to sin, and they don't fear God, and they don't honor God, and talks about how they're going to be cut off and it's really intense second Peter chapter 2 talks about this in detail Galatians 5 talks about this in detail uh, first Corinthians I think 6 talks about it a bit other places um, yeah verse 16 it says that they're grumblers complainers walking according to their own lusts they may mouth great swelling words flattering people to gain advantage. And then it goes on from there, talks about how we ought to be completely different, that we ought to follow the Holy Spirit. Um, I think that's it for me on this. Um, Obviously, I was going to read the whole thing, but I think that would just take too long. And yeah. And here we go. Finally, we get to get to the good part and talk about Ephesians 2, uh, 8, 9, and 10 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I love this a lot. This is, this is a pretty, pretty neat passage. So, we talked about grace being not of works at all. In Galatians, we talked about grace, true grace, changing you and bringing about repentance in Jude. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people teaching a false grace that doesn't do that. And here we are just summing up really what the real thing looks like. So, for by grace you have been saved through faith. So, simple. If you receive Jesus Christ by faith, you're saved. You put your faith in his work on the cross, he'll take away your sins. When he was buried in that grave, he took your death and he took your sin and he buried your sin so that you could rise again into newness of life because you were not created to die, you are created to live forever in God's kingdom. That is your destiny if you have faith in Jesus Christ That grace saves you, and this is not of yourselves. This is not your power saving you. This is God's grace. And His grace, it is a gift. It's not of works, verse 9, lest anyone should boast. There is nothing you can do to earn your way into heaven. Every single one of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Because we have all sinned, we all deserve separation. The only thing that can bring us back to God is what jesus did that alone but i want to focus a little bit on verse 10 for we are his workmanship created in christ jesus for good works which god prepared beforehand that we should walk in them the bible refers to people as being in christ quite a few times in ephesians especially but throughout this the bible when you put your faith in jesus christ the bible says that you are now In Jesus that's a term that the Bible uses to describe where you are because you're now in Jesus you have been covered by his life and by his work and by who he is you become one with him you are his bride and you're married to him spiritually you're his and because of that God begins to do this work within us by his grace says that we're his workmanship that he now begins to craft us and mold us and shape us and transform our very life so that it looks like him. And then it says that God has prepared good works for you and for me to walk in. This is what we are created for. When we begin to walk by the grace of God into the good works we're called to do, one, we are living in an eternal destiny that God has planned for us and built for us from the very beginning that we should walk in him. I don't believe that everyone walks necessarily in all the things that God would want them to do. And yet, we by his grace should begin to walk in what we've been called to more and more and more. And the way in which you'll know that you're doing it is one, you'll have peace in your heart and two, you'll be fulfilled in God's grace. It might look very different for each one of us what we're called to, but you have been called to do good works for the glory of God and by the power of the Holy Spirit. So I want you to know that you can know a thousand percent that you are right with God. Faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ means that you're saved, as long as you're trusting in the true Savior. You know, if someone's teaching you that you can just merely live however you want, and you'll be saved, that's a lie. And if someone's teaching you that you gotta get your whole act together, you gotta get everything perfect and sorted out so you can go to heaven, that's a lie. That's works, that's not the gospel. The gospel is you coming to Jesus in your sin to be covered by his work on the cross and that through that you are giving yourself to him Just as a bride to her husband, you're giving yourself to be married to him. From that point on, God begins to transform you. That will happen naturally as you walk in relationship with him. And you begin to do those good works, not by your own power, but because now you've been given the Holy Spirit. As we read in Galatians 3, that you don't get by the works of the law. You get the Holy Spirit by faith. And now that the Holy Spirit's in you, working in you, he's producing these good things in you. So my challenge to you is that you would choose to walk in the things God has called you to do. He's given you grace, he's given you power, he's given you anointing, he's given you authority to go forward in this world, to be more than a conqueror. He leads you to victory when you're walking in your calling that which God is leading you into. He's given you grace to do these good works. Not to earn something, but to bring something to God as a sweet-smelling aroma, something that brings him delight, and it's coming out of a delight inside of you that God has birthed in you by his Spirit. I know I'm kind of ranting, but I hope that makes sense, and God will just continue to do that. Father, I ask you that you give grace to each of us, God, to walk in our calling, to know what our calling is, and to fulfill everything that you've called us to God that not one ounce of grace would be missed in our lives I love you Jesus and I thank you for what you're doing in each listener I bless them and I just declare the goodness of God over their lives in Jesus mighty name amen